Hi there, and welcome to the Beatle Brothers Podcast. Brian and Joe Flynn are from Ireland. They're lifelong Beatles fans. In this series of podcasts, they reflect on the life and times, the influence and the immortal music of the Fab Four. This is an essential listen for all fans of the Beatles. Hi there, you're very, very welcome to the latest podcast of the Beatle Brothers. My name is Brian Flynn, and I'm joined here by my brother Joe Flynn. That's why we're called the Beatle Brothers. And we discuss all things Beatles-related. Now, today, I thought we'd chat about John Lennon and Paul McCartney and their different styles of songwriting. They, they were obviously an incredible combination, but what did they both bring to the table? Joe, does that make any kind of sense that you could sort of differentiate between the two of them? Well, I think you have to, yeah. It's, it'd be an interesting exercise. The funny thing is, a lot of people assume that because the credits were Lennon-McCartney or McCartney-Lennon, as it was in the early stages, that they wrote everything together. But they actually didn't at all. They checked out each other's other songwriting, but they didn't write them together. So it would be a worthwhile exercise to look at the, the individual style. Let's call it the style of, of mm. both parties. And we could do it by picking four or five of their better songs, in our opinion, and just comparing them or just not even comparing them, but just looking at the structure or the differences, if we can identify the difference, because there was great similarity between them as songwriters. More so, more so than people think, I think. And, and uh, I would agree with that. I mean, it, Paul is always seen as kind of, and this is only my opinion, Paul is seen as the soft, soppy balladeer guy. John is seen as the hard rocker. I don't think that's true. I mean, it might tend that way a little bit, but uh, Paul wrote some of the great rockers and uh, John wrote some of the great soft ones and they wrote some of them together. And I, because you're bigger than me, I'm sure you're going to want to have John's side. Well, I, I would prefer John anyway, although it's becoming very clear on these podcasts that I'm, I, I seem anti-Paul McCartney, which is crazy because I'm not. But Paul is very pissed off about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's very disappointed. Yeah, I, <laughs> I expect to hear from his lawyers any day. Oh, with you. your lawyers can talk. Your people can talk to our people, Paul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that. But let's have a stab at this. Uh, do you want to kick it off, uh, or will I, uh, with with the, with the song? I, I, let me start with John. I've picked Go for five, it. I've picked five songs. The first one is 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 the single "Help." Um, that may surprise some people. May surprise you, because it wouldn't be the first John Lennon song that most people would think of, but. It was, I think it was an amazing song from, from my favourite period of the Beatles, which is the earlier stage, where their music perhaps was a bit more simple. But there's nothing simple about Help. Um, help is one of the most obvious um, cries for help that I've ever heard in a song. I mean, I mean it was... Is it, a bit, is it a bit Dylan influenced? I'm only asking. Yeah, I, I, I don't... People have said that just because the lyrics mean something. But I don't, I don't think so. That's the, only in the sense of the lyrics, because it doesn't sound like mm. anything Dylan was doing at that stage. No, no, no. But John, well, he wouldn't, Dylan wouldn't be able to do. Yeah, John was just beginning to write about something that he cared about. Um, but it's also a powerful, it's a powerful rock song. It's well performed. Um, and funnily enough, it's he he wrote it as a slow tempo song, and in, in fact. He often talked talked about not being happy with the with the end product, but I don't think that you could do any better than it. It's just a very raw, very Lennon, great band performance. Yeah, I think people talking about I'd like to do it again and do it better is just ego. He did the same with Strawberry Fields. Uh, Neil Young spent his whole life doing that. I'd like to do that again and do it better. That's ego to me talking. I agree, it's a great song. It's it's. Um, 
uh, it is, it's what I would call early mid-period Beatles. It is, uh, it is one of their best singles. And someday we're going to have to talk in more detail about this. Everyone goes on about the 11 Beatles albums. Their singles were absolutely magnificent yeah. from start to finish. They were. They now were. it's me, isn't it? And it's Paul. Just, and there there's, is, one, there's one last thing on that. Did you realise, I, I only realised this recently, the song Help in America was released on Rubber Soul. Mm, mm, mm. Well, you see, there was a different setup there. There surely was, yeah. A bit of a contradiction <laughs> there, though. You think about anyway, where are you going with Paul? Let's be happy. Well, I'm just going to say that it, there is a, I think we mentioned that there is a perception that Paul is kind of the soft balladeery type guy and John is the rocker. So I'm going to start off with something that kind of throws that out the chim, the window, whatever. Back in the USSR. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, one, one, I think you'll agree, or anyone will be one of the Beatles' great rockers. And it's, it's, it's an unusual song in some ways, and that there was only three of them there for the recording. The, the Ringo wasn't present. Um, they based it on several other things, on a Chuck Berry song. They, John wanted to have the Beach Boys involved in it. They didn't do that, but they did it themselves just as well. But it's a great song. It is Paul. It is a rocker. He sings it like a rocker, as he's done several other songs. And it was a great way to start off one of their more interesting albums, the, the White Album. Uh, I would call it a classic. And it's a kind of a, it's a, it's a word that you're, you're careful to use, but I think it was a great classic. I think Paul's whole image as a, a soppy guy that did the softer stuff is unfair. It isn't always unfair, but it, by and large, it's unfair. So that's my first, um, my first inclusion in the Paul catalogue, okay? Yeah, I can't, can't disagree with that. Uh, I love the track myself. Um, it's, it's, it's like you say, I mean, we're looking at them as songwriters. Um, this was well on in their career. Um, mm. And yet, he... Towards the very end. He, yeah, he could produce a very, a very simple structured rock and roll song, which is what it is. And um, good lyrics and really well performed. And that's the other amazing thing about it. When you think that there were the only you've mentioned, there were only three of them. What those boys could do um, was, was quite phenomenal. And uh, rather than getting somebody else, they just they just took over. Paul took over. The well, they did. Uh, John played bass on, on back in the USSR. Uh, Paul played drums, George put in lots of guitar, and they all did the incredible Beach Boys vocals in the background. So it was, it was a great work for three guys, yeah. They had only start in the album, too. I, I, it was, it was yeah. a great way of starting an album with the, with the sound effects and everything. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I think that's a good choice. It, it shows he could write rock and roll, that's for sure. Definitely. So, you're up. Yeah, um, again, this one will probably surprise you. Um, but again, for me, nowhere... No, nothing surprises me. Nowhere. Well, a lot of people would say Nowhere Man wouldn't be a top five. But I think Nowhere Man, it's, it's, it's very similar in a way to help in that it has a message in it. The lyrics still mean something, although they're a bit more cloaked than they were in help. But he, he is singing to he himself, is, to say. He's literally... Well, he's talking about himself for sure. I mean, he sees himself as the... The nowhere man. He's he's pretty much lost. Um, it was at a very hectic. It was in the early stages of the of their career, and the the total circus that was going on around them. Uh, I think he 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 looked at it and saw that he didn't know where he was going. He didn't know what was happening. So he puts it into this marvelous, beautiful song. Um, I I there's 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 so many things about it. The the guitar, the 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 Fender Strats that they were using. They have, it has a very distinctive sound. It has an early solo, which is a bit unusual. Um, but it's, Good harmony. 
very Great good harmonies. harmonies, very good harmonies. Um, but to me, it, it epitomizes John. It's sort of the difference between, between John and Paul. Um, it's, it's more imaginative. I would say it's more imaginative song. How do you mean it's, it's, more, it's more imaginative than what Paul would do? Well, it's more imaginative than, than um, back in the USSR. But it's not more imaginative than Penny Lane. I know, I, but, but I'm only saying it was, it was written early on in, in, in his career. Um, I just think it's, I don't think Paul at the time had developed his songwriting capability as much as John had in that he wasn't, he was still talking about third parties. He hadn't really concentrated on, on, on talking about himself. Maybe people, you could argue he never did. I, I don't know. No, and I mean, he had before that, uh, Paul had written yesterday. But anyway, that's only Paul. Yeah, I mean, I don't see, fine, but I don't think it's all that great to be, to say, to be able to say, well, I, I only wrote about myself. You know, I think you can write about anything. Go write about your dog. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's and they, as they did, um, no, yeah. but I mean, it's 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 braver to do it about yourself. But I mean, I don't care which they do; it's the music that I care about and what the they sound. Do. It's all about the sound. Um, and I, the I just think that Nowhere Man, um, it's just a personal favorite. I think it's a well structured song, good performance, it band effort, and it's very John Lennon. Um, what more can you say about it? It wasn't even no, a good song. It was, it was actually never a single. It was, yeah. uh, it was on Rubber Soul. I was just making the point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good song. I'd agree with you. It's a good song. Uh, my next one up, I don't think I'll have any arguments from anybody, is Penny Lane. I mentioned it a minute ago, okay? Yeah. And Penny Lane was, a, strangely enough, it was a, an a, well, it was an A side of a B side, a single that had a B side of uh, Strawberry oh, Fields Forever. But anyway, Penny Lane is. <clears throat> It's, it's Paul at his peak, I would argue, right in the middle of the career. And uh, it's on the surface, it's kind of a bouncy, jolly song, but there's a lot of other stuff going on in it as well. The, the performance from all of them is amazing. Uh, George Martin gets in on the act as well, adds some really good music to it. Uh, it's a song that, that you can't really imagine people doing live, uh, but uh, it's, it's a great song. It's, and you know, in, in the era where they were doing all these bands doing rock operas and all that kind of crap. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a little slice of that in one song. It was. So I would put that forward. Now, it's also no, no soppy, soft ballad or anything like that. It's a great song. It's a great song, but it, to me now, it's an interesting choice because I think, I think this, this, this is where we can, we can identify the difference between these two guys. Um, Penny Lane could only have been written by Paul. I believe the sentiment and all of that could have been brought up by John, but it, it's a it's a Paul type song because it's airy, it's cheerful, it's it it runs it runs on 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 predictable lines musically, um, and even aside all the side effects and all the the jiggery pokery as John called it that they got up to with it, which is in the production, but which is marvelous, but it is in essence a, a cheerful, sunny morning song. That's what it is. Yeah. And See, that, there is, a that is Paul McCartney. That is Paul McCartney yeah. at the time. Um, yeah, his, his you know, stuff I, is more bouncy. And yeah, it's just friendly. It's friendly and it's yeah. airy. And it's like I say, it's it's a it's a it's a sunny summer morning, which of course it was. But it also rains. <laughs> there is that, yeah. Banker yeah. comes in from the pouring rain. That's the weird, that's the drugs. That's you well, know, they, they get I everything mean, into one day. 
in Ireland, you can have four different uh, seasons in one day, Brian. So rain and in sunshine, and it's not such a big thing. But I get, I know what you're talking about. The, 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 there are time variations in it, that's for sure. But no, I, I look, it's, it's impossible for me to argue against Penny Lane. It's probably my favourite track or second favourite track. Um, but as I say, I do think it, it does demonstrate what we're trying to get a handle on here. Um, which is the essentially the difference. And let me contrast it with, with my next choice, which is, again, it's a sort of a predictable Lenin song, Strawberry Fields. <clears throat> um, as you mentioned, companion song. we're on the same single. But yep. to me, it's as, it's as different than Penny Lane as you can get. And it's, it's, it, it defines, these two tracks we've picked define the difference between the two people. Um, John's is well, the, the subject matter is similar. They're both about liberty. Yeah, but but the structure. So you're, you're starting off similar, but it's the way the musically, musically they're different. The structure of the song is completely different, um, and it's the whole sentiment as well that this is not a cheerful, airy song, and this is a haunting sort of um, lullaby of youth, but but not a nice lullaby. It's it's you know um, he's undecided as he often was in his lyrics, um, it's also very personal, uh, which is, again, the hallmark of John, like we talked about earlier on. Um, I just think it's haunting from its opening refrain, that beautiful, whatever it was, an organ or a, a mellotron. Was it a mellotron? played by Paul. Paul, that's right. Yeah. I mean, from the minute, I, I just love it. It, 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 it lights a, a, a switch on me. The minute I hear it, it's just, it's haunting. Um, what do you what what else can you say about it? Uh, it's John Lennon to the core, and it was also a very good band performance. No no solo efforts also, here. I think it also gave rise to an awful lot of hippy dippy. Granny takes a trip, colorful shirt, mid period, all that kind of psychedelic stuff. Maybe it was it was a psychedelic song. Well, it was at the height of psychedelia, <laughs> wasn't it? I mean, I mean, it was it was it was what summer of love sixty six. No, 67. It was the summer of love. Are you sure? Yeah. Mm. Came out, they, they were released in March 67. <laughs> they were supposed to be on Sgt. Pepper. Oh, right. I, thought it was, I thought it was earlier than that. Um, it's, it's, there's a lot of acid in that song as well, Brian, I suspect. Yeah, yeah. So could they say. Wrong. I could be wrong. But anyway. So All right. Feels... We, we hit two great ones there, yeah. So it's yeah, Paul but... again. Yeah, so where are you going with Paul now? Well, I'm going to go back a tiny bit, about a year, to Eleanor Rigby. Now, Eleanor Rigby uh, is a song um, about uh, a fictitious woman, although you and I have seen in that graveyard in Liverpool a real uh, headstone with Eleanor Rigby. But anyway, the song, what amazes me about Eleanor Rigby, apart from the fact that it's a great ensemble playing, everybody uh, uh, really plays their part in that one, and everybody being principally John Paul and uh, and George Martin. John Paul and George, but not George Martin. George Martin, who gives a lovely uh, string quartet arrangement to the thing, which really makes the song. But <clears throat> what amazes me here is, apart from the great melody and everything else, that a guy who was, I reckon, about 23 at the time could write it. Because the world weary song is talking about death, decay, religion, uh, loneliness, be all uh, oh, desperation. A young guy, 23, good looking, talented, lots of women, lots of success. How he got his mind to go there? Yeah, I shouldn't have known anything about that. That. that is the genius. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree. I think it's an amazing piece of music. 
Um, mind you, I, I would have to say that George Martin's contribution to that piece of music uh, can't be overstated. I think it adds no, it hugely. But it's the kind of a song that if you were a good guitar player, you could actually pick up a, a, a Martin, I don't know, good Martin guitar, and you could do a fairly, fairly respectable version of it just on its own. In other words, it, it, it can stand up like that. But yeah, I think it's... I think Strawberry Fields funny enough. Yeah, well, that's how he started Strawberry Fields, uh, was just strumming a, 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 an acoustic guitar. No, I, I think I think it's it's a beautiful song, uh, very wintry, very cold. Uh, good lyrics, yeah, I, I I I agree. Good lyrics, mind you. I think there was a little bit too much made of the lyrics at the time. They were lauded as you know, maybe being a little more than they were. But yeah, it's a, a meaningful song. It's a very very worthwhile song from from. From Paul. I think lyrics lyrics are kind of what you make of them yourself, anyway. You know, I mean, you, like the, people write like Dil, Dylan, what, half the, the lyrics. I mean, look, lyrics. We're talking about the biggest 60s band ever. The biggest 60s song probably was Whiter Shade of Pale. The lyrics there are complete, absolutely gobbledygook. Anyway, uh, um, uh, yeah, I think that was a, a good song and a good choice. I mean, I'm, I'm sold on that one. Um, Con Hello. Contrast that with I Am The Walrus. Now, okay. I Am The Walrus, again, I would say is completely John, but it's it's gobbledygook, Brian, no matter what anyone says. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't believe there was much, there was a lot of thought probably put into it by John, but it was still gobbledygook. He was only joking. Um, it's, Joe, I Am The Walrus is a drug in, uh, influence song. I'm saying that because I know that the, the beginning of the song, he was lying on the couch and he heard a, a fire brigade or an ambulance passing mm -hmm. by outside. Do, 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 do. And that's, if you listen, that's the beginning of the song. So that's a very spontaneous way to introduce the song. Very angry sound to the song. His vocals are amazing in it. Yeah, it is. It is. In fact, it's a good, it's a good uh, all-round performance. Uh, again, George Martin um, earns his wages there on that one. But it does something else, again, to get back to the theme of tonight, which is to compare the two songwriters. People have said that the, one of the main differences between John Lennon and Paul McCartney was that Paul wrote vertical music while John's was horizontal. Mm -hmm. And without getting all, all airy about it, that it does make sense if you think about the melody in in I am the walrus it's 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 completely horizontal you know what i mean it's i am whereas you contrast that with what we spoke about a few minutes ago opinion you know huge huge difference and and this epitomizes the difference and it's also lenin Lyrically, it's he's he's just having fun. I mean, you can imagine him having fun. He was a, he was a good wordsmith, like puns and the like. And I think this song suited him, but it didn't mean anything. And it was, I'd say, they had a lot of fun doing it. Um, but it does, as I say, it does show the difference uh, between the two songwriters, definitely. Okay, now and um, uh, we're, we're I'm going to give another. I think I have one more choice. Have I or two? I'm not even you, sure. You have, well, you have one anyway. I can't. I anyway. We'll go for the one. Yeah. Um, I um, this next song is one. It's one that's almost a solo Paul song. In fact, it is a solo Paul song. A solo Paul with George Martin, but it uh, it proves something to me 
what a great, great ear for melody Paul had. It's Martha, my dear, from the White Album. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now it's a piano song. George Martin would have leaned in heavily on this arrangement, voice and everything else. And uh, <clears throat> there's a kind of a brass band section in the middle, I think of it. But uh, uh, it's it. What, what amazes me about the song is you were talking about you could play uh, uh, what was it? Uh, I'm the Walrus on an acoustic guitar. Try playing this one on an acoustic guitar, and you're going to run into a wall straight away. It's very intricate, the chord sequence. Again, as you said, it's it's most of Paul's stuff is very cheerful, upbeat, and this would be both of those things. Uh, lyrics mean nothing because they were about his dog. Well, they mean something to the dog and dog lovers everywhere. But that's kind of it. It was overlooked and it was Paul himself, uh, John rather, sneered at it. I think it's a great song. And the more I hear it over the years, the more I appreciate it. Uh, it is, it's a kind of an example of what Paul could do melodically. That's something that John would never have done. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that last statement. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the crux of this. And that's why it's a very good choice in the context of what we're trying to do. Um, it's pure Paul. It's pure, beautiful Paul. Um, and it couldn't, John couldn't have done that. I mean, John, John did, did songs that you could sit at a piano, but he, it tends to be things like Jealous Guy or Imagine or stuff like that. Oh, please, <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> no, but I'm only saying that's, that's, whereas Paul is Paul, this is another, this is another in the, in the same sort of, uh, mood as, as Penny Lane. It's, it's just a bouncy, beautiful, but musically, it's beautifully structured. I can't play piano, but I'd imagine that if I could, that's the kind of thing you'd really like to be able to do. Um, I, I love it. I love it. It's and, and it's it's a perfect start to side two of the of the first disc on the on the White Album. It's a lovely. It's a lovely intro. Well, we have a cast iron classic there that a lot of people would overlook. I think you've won more, Joe. I think maybe I've won more as well. Have I? Oh, I have. I've done four. Yeah, you've won one more. Hurry, go one for it. More. Um, one more and. Revolution. Revolution would be, uh, uh, again, I throw it out because of the exercise we're doing. Um, to me, uh, Revolution is a, is a, is a rock song. Uh, it's meaningful. It's political, uh, which is neither a good nor a bad thing. I'm not, I'm not saying either way. It's a great uh, band performance. And... It proves like back in the USSR proved for Paul, but it proved that John could write, you know, he could write rock songs and he and could this, definitely deliver again, them. This was a B-side of a single, once again. Oh, yeah, but that's what oh, makes it so... I mean, a lot of people don't even know what a B-side is now, but in the days when they released seven-inch vinyl single records, uh, you had the A-side, which is the played, and the B-side, and this was actually a B-side, of just the B-side of Hey Jude. But uh, uh, it, it's great. Now, I, I would agree totally. On, I've always been a big fan of Revolution uh, and, and particularly the version that's on the B side of Hey Jude. It's a real rocker. It's, it's, well, that's I the only version, Brian. That's, that's, the, that's the version. I know what you're going to say now about the White Album. And, no, I'm not uh, going to say. Different song. Different song. Different but, song. Uh, uh, it's, it's a great, a great version, great song, great uh, vocals, great guitar. Uh, that kind of a, a crowded, fuzzy sound that they got. Uh, great backing vocals, which are put down very much in the mix, but are brilliant. I would say a great. Uh, it's a, <clears throat> here. Give, uh, let me let me explain. If you handed me the single I'm talking about with Hey Jude and Revolution, I'd put on Revolution first. Yeah, yeah, true enough. I think I, I know I would, uh, but I, 
quickly turn it over and put on the head shoot as well. What a what a single that was! <laughs> when you think about it. Now, I, I have I have one more choice. Okay, what's your I last choice again? I change. I had my choice written down. My choice was yesterday, but I'm going to drop it. Well, I'm just out of pig iron. I'm going to put in something straight off the top of my head. Paperback writer. Reason being, principally here, that yesterday was a solo song by Paul. Paperback writer is a great Beatles early mid period band song. It has brilliant bass playing. Paul's bass had got really good by then. It has great uh, guitar from the three of them, I'd say. And uh, wonderful back and very cheeky background singing from John and Paul, uh, from, from John and George, uh, where they, they managed to get a rude word in. You know that fuck, fuck, fuck. Well, <laughs> Frere Jacques, I think is what you're thinking about. Frere Jacques, uh, can we edit there? We can't. Yeah, we can edit that bit out. Just take a pause for a second and say nothing. Yeah. Now you start off where you were. Yeah, it, it, it's a brilliant song in that it has everyone on top form. Great ensemble playing, great bass playing from Paul, wonderful guitar playing from probably John and definitely George, maybe Paul as well, uh, and, and great backing vocals and fun backing vocals where they, where they, George and, and John get into singing Fairer Jacques. And people would say, oh, well, that's because they weren't taking it seriously. I doubt very much, especially early on, that they ever did anything they weren't taking seriously. They were utterly professional in the studio. So um, it's, it's been said by people, it's very much of its time. Every song is of its time. And, yeah. and, but it's still to this very day. If you, and another thing about it, it's a great dance song. If you put that song on, try and keep your feet from moving. You won't. Brilliant song. Now, I just, like I said, I just picked it and you could... It, the point I would make on that is that you could pick any song at any stage of well, an awful lot of their songs to restrict yourself to five is crazy. But having said all that, I think you were up first, weren't you? Was I up first? No, I think that's it. I was up first. That's it. Paperback Writer was a very, very quick one at the very end. And most yeah. people say, oh, what about yesterday? Yesterday was really a Paul McCarthy solo song. Yeah. Was I agree with you? I'm glad you didn't put in yesterday because I, we would have we would have had a, a problem. Um, but paperback writer was completely John, uh, Paul, was it? Uh, well, if, it's hard to know. I mean, I'm only, I'm may, just, uh, I, I don't know. John may have added lyrics. I, I'd say they all maybe helped a little bit throwing stuff together. Yeah. But it's Paul that wrote the song, definitely. Yeah. It, it was an example of. It was an example of what you mentioned earlier about the classic singles, which we have to have a look at some. some yeah, yeah. Well, it, well, uh, it was. It's one that you won't hear much about. It wasn't on an album. It was just a single. And uh, I think the B-side of it was Rain, which is another great song. We'll come to that another time. Yeah, we'll have to do one on B-sides as well. Anyway, for the moment, time has run out. So we're going to leave it at that. It's been, it's been, have, we, have we achieved anything? Yeah, we have. They were two incredible songwriters. They were slightly different, but they could basically both do what the other could do when they put their minds to it. Not yeah. bad. It was like, okay. a, it was like a, a, a really great fry up in the morning. You had the sausages from Paul and you had the bacon from John, but without, or the eggs from John. You needed both of them. The bacon surely would have come from George. Think about it. <laughs> See you, bye. Bye, take care.